Here's some encouragement when the wicked seem to be winning. A lot of times in our lives, it can seem like uh, righteous people are suffering and people who are doing wrong and not following the Lord, that they're having a good time in life and that they're actually um, winning in life. So what do we do about that? How do we respond? Where's some encouragement we can get if we're trying to follow the Lord and yet we feel like we're suffering and wicked people are not? Well, we can listen to the words of David in Psalm 34, verses 15 through 22. David wrote Psalm 34 after he encountered a very difficult time in his life, a time where he probably questioned the very thing that we're talking about, which is how do we respond when it seems like the wicked are the ones winning? It says in the superscript of this Psalm 34 that David, he'd been fleeing from King Saul who was trying to kill him, even though David didn't do anything against King Saul. King Saul still sought to kill David because he saw David as a threat. And David went and eventually went to hide inside an area outside of Israel where the king of that area, King Abimelech, was told, hey, this David who's killed a bunch of your men, he's hanging out in your country. And so they brought David to Abimelech and he acted like he was insane. He acted like he was a crazy person. So Abimelech was like, hey, this is not really David. And he sent David off. It's after that event then where David was able to escape King Abimelech and continue to flee from Saul in another place. that The Bible says that David wrote Psalm 34. Reflecting back on the time and the things he's felt while he was in that very difficult situation. And just previously in verses 11 through 14, David had talked about the blessings that God gives to the people who are righteous, those who are rightly following him. And, and then he describes how you become righteous. And you become righteous, he says, and what it means to be righteous is to have faith and trust in God. That also leads you to actually obey God and follow God to do what he says. He then gets to what we're going to talk about today, verse 15 through 22, where he gives us these three promises. It's kind of like his conclusion based on what the Bible says and based on what he experienced with King Abimelech. And I hope these three promises can be an encouragement today for you too. The first promise is in verses 15 through 16, and that, God, that is that God hears the righteous people and ignores the wicked. So it seems like the, the wicked are winning. Remember that God hears the prayers of the righteous people and he ignores those from the wicked. It says in verse 15 and 16, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. And the face of the Lord is against the evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. You know, prayer is a powerful thing. In prayer, we talk to God, and we explain ourselves to God, and we relate to God. And even people who aren't believers still pray. And so this sentence, this these two verses are powerful because what God essentially says is that if you are in a right relationship to God, one of the blessings and benefits you have is God listens to you. He He listens to you intently. He hears you. He He pays attention to you like a devoted parent. Whereas those who aren't following the Lord, God turns his face away from them. The second promise that David gives from his experience in the, and from Scripture is in verse 17 through 18. And that's that God not only hears the righteous and ignores the wicked, but God helps the righteous when they're brokenhearted. And, and by implication, God doesn't help the wicked when they're brokenhearted. Verse 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
One of the things I like about verse 17 and 18 is God is not necessarily promising immediate deliverance from every trouble that we have. In fact, he's not even promising deliverance from every physical thing that we have. But what he is promising is that God is there and that God sends help when we do feel distress. And I love verse 18 in particular because the distress, the trouble, isn't even physical at all. He says that the Lord draws near to the brokenhearted, to those who are crushed in spirit. And sometimes the worst things that we can struggle with are actually our own emotions, a broken heart, a crushed spirit. These are things that weigh us down. These are things that um, torment us day in and day out. And verse 18 can be such a huge benefit, such a huge promise that we must remember that the Lord is near to those who are brokenhearted. He's near to those who are crushed in spirit. He saves them if they're the righteous, if they're part of the righteous. So these are awesome blessings for those who are in a right relationship to God, that God hears them, that God helps us. And the wicked don't have that. Those who aren't following God don't have those promises. Then we get to this third promise in verses 19 through 22, and it's really the best of all, and that is that not only does God hear, and not only does God help, but God also redeems the souls of those who take refuge God's ultimate righteous servant. Verse 19 through 22 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Single, um, singular him. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. At first glance, and I'm sure verse 19 through 22, David was uh, initially talking about himself, and, and he was talking about a more elaboration on how God helped him and kept him from getting injured, and that he, he redeemed him, he says, as he took refuge in God. But we know from the New Testament that, and I'm sure David knew as well as he penned this letter, that he ultimately wasn't talking about David's own life. He was talking about the person to come, the ultimate righteous one, who's Jesus Christ. You see, ultimate need really is not to be saved from somebody else who's wicked or to some situation that's wicked. The ultimate thing we need to be saved from is our own wickedness, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person who's listened to this video, including me making this video, we are not good people by nature. We are all wicked. What we need to be saved from is from ourselves. And so what God did is God came to earth as Jesus Christ and he lived the life that we could never live because we're wicked. Then he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, the penalty for our wickedness, and he rose from the grave. So that, as he says in verse 22, all of those who take refuge in him, who take refuge in him, the NASB up, capitalizes him, meaning Jesus, will not be condemned that the Lord redeems the souls of his servants who take refuge in Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, the Gospels actually quote this passage to show, hey, Jesus didn't have any broken bones. Not one of them was, was done on the cross. He bled out, but he didn't have any broken bones. It's a fulfillment of this passage. And that even though um, the righteous were, were condemned, evil was slain on the cross. So how do you make Jesus your refuge? 
how can you have the promise of knowing that that if you can come to Christ as your righteous one, you can have the guilt and condemnation of your wickedness removed, that you can have a relationship with God, that you can have a refuge in times of trouble, that you can have a God who hears you and comes to you when you're brokenhearted. How do you make Christ your refuge? You simply surrender your life to Jesus. You repent of your sins. You repent of your wickedness. You place your faith in Jesus alone to save you. And just like you come into a building to seek refuge from a storm and you don't go in and out, you come into Jesus and you stay in the presence of Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus. What an awesome promise. What an awesome promise to those who are righteous in Jesus Christ. What an awesome reason to have a relationship with Jesus. And so I think this passage has a couple of applications we need to make today. One of those is if you haven't taken up Jesus' refuge, if you haven't trusted in Jesus and repented of your sins and believed what he did on the cross for you, do that today so that you can have your soul redeemed from your wickedness, from your sin, so that you can have these promises in this passage. And if you have done that today, I pray to God, being encouraged of these promises. Take a moment today to pray to God, knowing that he hears you because you have faith in Jesus, that he comes to you in your need, in your brokenheartedness, because of your faith in Jesus. And that ultimately, he's redeemed your soul for eternity because of your faith in Jesus. So if you need to place your faith in Jesus, contact you today. Or if uh, you are a believer in Jesus and you are, are glad and uh, that you know Christ and you are ready and happy that he's your refuge, hit that like button and share this video.